Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Ibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I'm also the host of Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, and I'm the editor of the anthology, which you should run out and buy, called Moms Don't Have Time to, a quarantine anthology. All proceeds of that book go to COVID-19 vaccine research. And I'm the editor-in-chief of Moms Don't Have Time to Write, a new publication on Medium, and we're accepting submissions, so please send your personal essays there. And if all that isn't enough, you can follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens, and my website is zibbyowens.com. Okay, now back to this amazing podcast. Welcome to memoir day of my June book blast. I'm releasing a bunch of really powerful, amazing memoir episodes today, and I really hope you enjoy them. Memoir is like my favorite literary genre. I don't know what yours is, but I love memoirs. I always learn so much, and this is part one of the memoirs I have to release in this book blast. Enjoy. Hadassah Lieberman is the author of a memoir called Hadassah, an American Story. Hadassah has had a rewarding career dedicated to healthcare issues, assisting nonprofit organizations, improving educational standards, and promoting international understanding with a particular focus on global women's health. She holds a Bachelor of Arts degree in Government and Dramatics from Boston University and an MA in International Relations from Northeastern University. She is widely known as Joseph Lieberman's wife. Welcome, Hadassah. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thank you. So happy to be here. I really am. Your memoir. Oh my gosh. So beautiful. Your family story, the things that your family has gone, have gone through. I mean, it was just, it was breathtaking to 
read and go through it again with you. My gosh, what was it like to write about it? Well, there's always an underlying, you know, agony to uncover more and more about your parents, about their families, about my family. So it was, I did it because I wanted to convey beyond me as a representative of child of a generation that went through that awful stuff, the blackness of it. And then, thank God, to have come out to be an immigrant to the U.S. and to live and to have light coming to me and out of me as I grew was a miracle. So it helped me. It was difficult. And yet it reestablished everything I was ever taught and felt about being an American. Wow. Well, that's such, it's such a powerful way to turn what could be such a just completely mind-bogglingly traumatic, depressive experience and, and transitioning it to something so beautiful. So that takes a lot of, that's, it's just impressive. Not everybody can do that. Thank you. I was real. My parents were very positive despite everything that happened to them. And I know my father in particular and my mother wanted me to be strong, to move forward and to help say what needs to be said, to share and share with my children. And thank God we now have 12 grandchildren. So I have that obligation, that responsibility, that history. I've always been just so darkly fascinated by the Holocaust. I've read so many books about it and just, I sort of can't get enough. I feel like, mm-hmm. in, in, in a, not in a, you know, not in a self-destructive way, just like, I can't wrap my head around it, no matter how much I read. And stories like, you know, your dad and the march, it's just like your sis, the sister and the mom. I, I don't know. I just, I feel like if I just read it enough, I can conceptualize how that could happen. And yet I can't, it, it doesn't work. You know what I mean? It's beyond. And there's so many more stories of things I didn't hear about in my mother's diary, my father's book. And there are no answers and that's the problem. And we don't really, in our modern world, in some ways we don't get it. We don't want, and some people don't want to get it. They want to get away from it. I interviewed Chris Bajelian, who's like a thriller writer, wrote Midwives and all this yesterday. And he was talking about the Armenian genocide yes. and saying that without the Holocaust or without that, you know, the two sort of went hand in hand. Yes. Yes. It's awful. And we, that's why we are obligated to teach, to learn, and to teach our children how to behave, how to be civil. And how to be nice to people, how to not judge people, to be tolerant. And that's how we want to create a better society. The words in Hebrew are tikkun olam, which means repair the world. And that's really something I think is so important. Yes. My daughter learns about that in Hebrew school on the weekends. And I, I get, I, I am, yeah, we just had to do a video about it uh, <laughs> for end of the year ceremony. So yes, I'm familiar with that. How old is she? I have four kids, but oh. this particular, this particular daughter is almost 14. So oh, that's nice. So I know the thing that I can't believe is when people feel like it didn't even happen, but then yeah. I, the only parallel I see is that 
some people weren't even believing the coronavirus was happening as it was happening, right? So then I'm like, well, okay, you just can't reason with, anyway. And I actually, I did this whole paper in college about children of Holocaust survivors because I was so interested in what the sort of transgenerational effects of that were and what happens, especially for displaced persons camp victims and families and where do they all go? And I mean, this whole notion of inherited trauma, how it's like in your DNA, what do you think about that? And when does it end? Does it end? Like, do your grandchildren, do you feel like they will carry this around? Like, how do you think that works? Well, our daughter, who's now in her thirties and has five boys and lives in Israel, our youngest, I really think she has that feeling inside her. All my kids do. She in particular, it's sort of surprising because she's the youngest and the furthest away, but it's right there. And with our children too, unfortunately, and it's something we don't emphasize daily. We don't do that, but it's very important. You know, my father, Alva Shalom, his soul rest in peace. My father used to say when he marched, through and up to Russia, you know, all the cold in Siberia. So many people died along the way as they marched. And he said, watching them die, he said to himself, there's no one to bury them. There's no one to say Kaddish, the memorial prayer for them. And that's amazing. And it was something they had to accept because, and some of these people cut the fleshes off of dead horses to have meat to eat. So this is such a fantastically horrible story. We can't believe it happened to us. And how can anything go on today? Anything. Whether, you know, it's one Holocaust after another, one smaller things, you know, by listening to words out there on the streets, whether it's from leaders or people that are inappropriate, we can't allow that to continue. We must influence people toward the good. And we have to start with our own children, our own societies. I love that. My other question reading this book really was, it's so evident how sort of in love your husband is with you still, his introduction to you and how he fell in love at the beginning and how he just seems to worship you, at least on the page. I'll go with that. <laughs> how do you keep that up in a marriage for a lifetime and that sort of sense of, of love and wonder and I don't know, like all the butterflies? You know, look, butterflies change with age. I am very lucky after a divorce, I met someone who loved my son, learned to love my son, and I learned to love his two teenagers when I met them, which in itself, it's hard to love your own teenagers sometimes. (laughs) And so we really worked hard at it. And one thing about Joe, when my, my roommate, said to me, I want you to meet him. He's a politician, but he's a good guy. I laughed at that. I thought, I mean, what is she saying? And Joe and I have been married now. I think it's 36 years, 38 years now. And you know what? We're very lucky. You have to, that doesn't mean every minute, every day is perfect. Every hour is perfect. But our obligation to each other is to be able to talk honestly and to be able 
to not talk about everything. You know, there were times when we were bonding with our children. I thought, oh, my God, I can't believe they don't really like me yet in the beginning. And there are things you can't say because everything takes time. And we have to, we see with this crazy virus, how every day you have to make something different. You have to put a bow on. You have to put, you have to make an effort. Why are we making efforts for the outside world sometimes and not our own spouses? Why aren't we doing some jokes some perfume. It's important. And in some ways, I understand women's lib. And, you know, after I was part of that and feminism, et cetera, et cetera, are not explaining, are not allowing people to feel freer, I think, about saying anything that isn't totally liberated. But you know what? Truthfully, relationships take a lot of work. And it's not only, oh, I can do this, I can do that, you know, and it's great to be able to succeed and simultaneously take care that you don't alienate each other or find something else of more interest. That's dangerous. And we have to think that way. And I know it's hard. I mean, look, I got divorced, so obviously I didn't do that whole thing perfectly, but we've never talked badly about each other's spouses and we've worked hard we never used step in our marriage to any children because he married me knowing I had a son and I would not have married him or he me if we didn't know that we could potentially be people who showed our love to each other's children and make them our children There's too much of that that goes on today in the world of divorce. People don't realize how respectful you have to be of each other's parent. After all, it's their parent. And to that parent, they're like their skin, their arm, their leg. It's hard work and nothing, as we know, comes easily. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Thank you. I'm divorced and I'm remarried newly, not too newly, three years now, I guess. But anyway, that was particularly relevant, awesome advice for me. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you for that. My husband, I had four kids when we got married. So he has adopted them as his own, although I have my ex-husband. So yes, we have the same sort of... It's it's just, you know what I always said, you have to put boots on to climb the hills because they're hard hills and they're hard. And there are times... It can eat you up inside because things aren't perfect and it takes time. But to know, to have that strength to not talk about it every time it happens is so important. I remember my oldest daughter who I acquired. Someone asked her, she's quoted in my book. I have quotes from all of our children, which was important. And they were pretty Honest. Someone asked her, do you mind when Hadassah calls you her daughter? And Becca answered, no. And, you know, Becca and I, and it was hard at first because her father is marrying someone else, you know, the whole bit. It was very hard. And now I have such deep feelings for her. And I know she feels that way toward me. We are very close. We love each other. And my little one, that's the funniest thing, because she came from Joe and me. And when she was little, she used to say, Mommy, I'm the only one who doesn't have a parent to go to on a weekend. <laughs> and it was so funny. We heard, we realized as we had set it up as we didn't say anything negatively. And so therefore, she felt like she was being cheated. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. We did not have kids together, but I was like, if we have kids together, then we don't have any time off. (laughs) I'm kidding. You you can't think that way. No, I'm joking. I I know. I know. I know. I know. I would have loved to. Hani really made our circle strong. And they're saying it in the quotes. She made our circle stronger. And like she says, well, my parents are both my parents and each of my siblings only have one, you know. So it's yeah. so funny. Who knows? I know. I know. Who knows? <laughs> so how was it writing this book? Like, what was the experience? Was it emotional for you? Was it like, is it something you felt for a long time you needed to do and now you finally did it? Or like, what was, how, tell me I, about that. I, I, you know, after we found my mother's diary mm-hmm. and translated it and had her end, and it's in the book too. I, I thought, you yeah. know, it was translated and by someone at the Holocaust Museum so I could read it. It was originally in Czech. And she said, I wrote this diary and it's short and I can't write anymore. And and you can read that in the book. I look to my children to complete things. Well, when I saw that, I thought, oh my God, I don't have a choice. I have an obligation. And you know what? To be who I am, to have my mother write that in her diary, to have my husband been a U.S. senator, run for public office, to have been part of that campaign, and to think, I have to do this. I have to write this book because I want this to come out. I want to share with people. Not 
Not that I need to sell copies of the book and the reality of publishing and everything, you know, you don't sell that many copies, but I want to get this out to have people read it. And that's really why I ask people to join me in this because, and I talk about divorce and nothing specific. I don't discuss anything because my ex, as I say in the book, we, we who have had exes, you had a first child with that ex. You had a first marriage and you can't deny that. You can't discard that because that's not fair to your children. And I write about all of those different immigration, religion, you know, everything like that. So they're all the subjects that we are concerned about and talk about and live through today. So do you feel like your obligation has been fulfilled? Like, do you feel like, okay, or do you want to keep digging or trying to find more or is it something that's never really going to be done? Well, on the one hand, it will never be done because we don't understand it totally. We don't get it totally. On the other hand, I did it. I don't intend to say any more on the subject. There's so much out there on the show on the Holocaust. I'm not in competition. I don't have anything more to add. But what I wanted to do is start with the Blackness and end up with the story of me running, competing for the I Speak for Democracy contest And my father, looking at the essay I wrote, and of course he had to edit it a little bit, and all of a sudden I won it. And I was in the convertible with the Massachusetts congressman, who wasn't Ted Kennedy at that time. And I was waving to the people. And my parents always went to Memorial Day and stuff like that, parades and masses. And they were looking at me sitting in that car waving, standing, and they were touched. I saw a tear in their eye, of course. You know, look where we had come. This was the land of liberty, the home of the brave and free. Where else? And my mother, my father, who was an ardent Zionist, wanted to go to Israel, but it was in 48, 49, and there was a war, and my mother couldn't do another war. She couldn't do it. So we ended up coming to the United States with my aunt, Rojanani, and Moshibachi, the uncle and aunt, the Hungarian words for uncle and aunt. And she had no children. So my brother and I were like her children. So she did things like get me pastry and this and that, you know, all the time, more like a grandma. Love it. Everybody needs someone to bring them pastry all the time. Oh, I I know. (laughs) Someone, a full schnecken and you're right. well, on your way. And someone who doesn't care, okay, you're gaining weight. Don't worry about it. <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness. Do you look back on the time when you were so in the public eye and ever miss that? Do you ever miss it or are you happy to have it in the past? Or how do you well, feel about I would, it? I would say it was a unique experience. It started with, you know, Joe is running. I met him. He was running for attorney general. And then, and before that, he had run for 
state office in Connecticut. And then he ran for the U.S. Senate. And then down to 2000, he was on the national ticket. So truthfully, you when you go through an experience like that, you can't say, I didn't like it. Was it overwhelmingly physically difficult? Did it take everything out of you time-wise? But it was the most incredible experience for me. And to realize that through politics, you can get out there and talk to people. You can get out there. There were people in the Midwest. I'll never forget when I was there with my own plane. My, you know, we all had our schedules. And I would walk through groups. And I had no idea if they were voting Republican or Democrat. And they came up to me and said, I like your husband. He's a religious man. I like him. I was so touched by that inside me. It was such an American experience at that time. We were together. And what difference does it make if you have a different opinion? The kind of thing we used to sit down at tables and talk to people, whether they agreed with you or not. That didn't matter. We talked to each other. Maybe they could convince you. You could convince them. That's a difference to today. And I don't like that difference. And we have to try to change that as we talk to each other. Very true. That's why your program's important. Oh, <laughs> no, you. I mean that. I mean that. Yeah. Do you have any advice to aspiring authors having lived through now this book writing publishing Ooh. process? Okay. My advice, and this is also having spent time, had spent time exchanging things with friends who were trying to publish their books, is you've got to let your ego go because it can be debilitating because you don't know. You can get so many different no's and you think, oh my goodness, I thought this was great. People should get it. They should read it. All kinds of stuff out there. And also, in some ways, some of the books people want to publish, people would like to publish, not want to publish, have more violence, have more sex, have, you know, it becomes a different book. That's not the book I was trying to read. Right. So I would say it's tough publishing. That's why a lot of people are publishing their own books. There's a whole new trend. There's so many different trends out there. And after COVID, still don't know which things are going to make it, which places will be successful, which will fall down. It's a mystery tour, like everything today. I know that's what I keep saying. I use the word mystery too much. So I would advise good luck, work hard, and know that despite that, there may not be that much interest. So <laughs> be tough as you go forward, as I have my hay fever pills. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Hadassah, thank you. This was so nice. I was so excited to get a chance to talk to you today. And it's just been such a pleasure. And I just can't thank you enough. It's been it's really meaningful to me. So thank you. Well, thank you. And good luck with your 14-year-old. 
Thank you. That's sweet. <laughs> and with everything, just be strong and move forward, as I'm sure you're doing anyway. Take care. And thank you for interviewing me. And thank you for publicizing what I'm trying to convey to your audiences. It's so important. It's really, really important. So it's, it's an honor. Thank you, sweetie. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to part of my June book blast. I hope you enjoy it. Come back tomorrow for more. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.